My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Why Bloody Valentine? I'm Rich and I'm here with Carolyn. Hi. And we watched The Never Ending Story. I have no idea how you're going to spin this as being a horror movie. Well, I'm going to try my best. Just because... I think you just wanted to watch this movie. Well, it's it's a question, is this a horror movie? Not, this is a horror movie and okay. they don't call it a horror movie. Okay. So, I mean, it's a PG movie that, according to Amazon, has nudity, violence, frightening scenes, smoking, and foul language. Mm-hmm. I really don't remember much foul language. Those bullies called that kid a chicken. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the foul language either. No, it was very tame in terms of language, I thought. But all of those are classer, classic horror necessities. Like, those are things... Most horror movies are going to have all that. Maybe not the smoking. But maybe the smoking. Yeah. Because um, smoking makes you look badass. So a lot of horror movies need that badass smoking a cigarette. Yeah. All the older movies have it in there. The problem with like smoking cigarettes, I mean, like the obvious problem is you get cancer. But it does look cool. It does. Like in a, in a horror movie or in a movie, the guy that's smoking always looks kind of cool. I don't think so. We can agree to disagree there, though. Shall we talk about the cast? Sure. You're not going to know any of these people. First up is Noah Hathaway as Atreyu. He is most well known for this and Troll, not to be confused with Troll 2, which has a preposterous lack of trolls in it. Or no <laughs> trolls, in fact. It, they, they saw that Troll was popular, and somebody else is like, fuck it, we're making t- Troll 2, and it's going to be about goblins. And it is so bad. It's one of those movies that winds up on the this is the worst movie ever made list. Remember that movie? That's hospitality, and you don't piss on hospitality. Little yeah. kid piss yeah. on. Yeah. That, that's that movie. Oh my god. So bad. Next up is Barrett Oliver as Bastion. He's most well known for this, Cocoon, and Frankenweenie. Not to be confused with the more recent Frankenweenie. Isn't that like a cartoon, though? Yes. The first one is not, though. The oh. first one is live action. It was a short film directed by Tim Burton in 1984. It is famously the film that got Tim Burton fired from Disney. Oh. They looked at this. They said, you are wasting all of our money. This sucks. This is not for kids. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, they hate, they, it was supposed to be released with The Jungle Book. And then it was supposed to be released with Pinocchio. And then they were like, fuck this. And they just didn't release it. They shelved it. Until Tim Burton directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Batman Returns, and Edward Scissorhands. And then they were like, oops. And then Disney's like, well, fuck. So they put it out on VHS. What a fucking swing and a miss. They have this guy under contract. They're like, this is too weird for us. We're Disney. We make Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. Get this fucking wacko out of here. One of the greatest directors of all time. They just fucking kicked him to the curb. He was like an animator at Disney. I believe it. Tammy Stronach played the Empress, the child Empress. She was barely in anything else. And this movie somehow got her a recording contract, too. But she got, like, a ton of inappropriate attention after this movie, and her parents pushed her away from acting. So then she focused on dancing, becoming a dance teacher. She had that album in Germany and a music video. So she got out of acting. Like, there were offers for her to be in movies topless as a child. Very, very gross stuff. Wedding proposals to this little girl. Ew. Very disgusting. So, to her parents' credit, they did the right right thing. thing. Whereas so many of the other child actors are all fucking nightmares now because their parents didn't do the right thing. Right. Lastly, we'll talk about Alan Oppenheimer. He is the voice of Falcor, Gmork, and Rockbiter. Wow. He's probably had the best career of all of everyone in this movie, possibly combined. 
He has just hundreds of credited roles. His career spans from 1963 until now. He's still doing it, mostly as a voice actor. But he has had, he's had a lot of his um, credits are single roles on TV shows. Like, he's like a character actor on TV. So it'll be like in an episode of Law and Order. It'll be in an episode of um, CSI. Mm -hmm. Shit like that. But I mean, good living. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. This is actually the first English language film by director Wolfgang Peterson, and at the time was the most expensive film produced outside of the United States or the Soviet Union. So this was a German film. And we start out with what everyone came for. This movie just starts right right with, right with what you need. The entire song. Turn around. Look at what you see in a face. I'm sorry, listeners. The mirror of your dreams. Make believe oh my God. I'm everywhere. <laughs> you can stop Hidden now. in the lines. Written on the pages. Is the answer to our never-ending story. You got a little bit of Carolyn singing there. That's the best you can hope for. Did you have to sing the entire first half of the song? They played the entire fucking song in the opening credits. sang the whole half of it. It was two minutes and ten seconds of this 92-minute film is just clouds and disco. That's all it is. So if this was Manos Hands of Fate, I would start the the countdown on what I would cut to make this movie shorter. But like I said, it is only 92 minutes long. This is the shortest movie we've watched for the podcast in quite a while. We've been banging out like two-hour movies like fucking No Country for Old Men. Terminator was over an hour and a half long. So this is the shortest movie we've watched in a while, and I kind of dig it. Um, Dig short movies? Maybe my next theme for the podcast will be movies under 80 minutes long since we're on the subject of the length of the movie though we'll just go over the numbers real quick it was came out in 1984 as i said it was rated pg there are what eight boobs in this movie they're all statue boobs. yeah they're not real boobs but they did have nipples yes they did they were they were sphinxes uh there's one death in this whole movie everybody else comes back to life yeah you don't know if that night it does though he might just be dead yeah and there's one dead Gamork. What's a Gamork? The creature of darkness. Oh. He stabs that dog. Because it's basically all it is. Wolf, whatever the fuck it is. Like yeah. a dire wolf. So finally, after two minutes and ten seconds, Bastion wakes up. Uh, he did your favorite thing to do. Fell asleep reading. It's so relaxing. Mm-hmm. That is a good trick to fall asleep. I fall asleep reading and I fall asleep knitting. I have a few tricks to fall asleep. One of them is reading, of course. And then you also like to pretend you're asleep. Pretending I'm asleep. That is the one that is the most effective for me. It's so weird that you have to trick yourself into falling asleep. Right. Well, like, I think I've gone over it on this podcast. I have a lot of trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I have to find these ways to get myself to actually sleep. Usually once I sleep, I can generally stay asleep. But falling asleep is very rough for me. It's when my mind wanders. It's when the dark passenger comes out. Yeah, see, I have the opposite problem. I can fall asleep pretty easily, but if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm done for. Yeah, you're up. Bastion is a weakling. He can't even open a jar. They make it abundantly clear that this kid is, like, kind of a pussy. Yeah. He also had another dream about mom who died. So what we got here is the classic single-parent household with a distant remaining parent. Classic horror... Although it's classic 80s, too. These people were so broken in the fucking 80s that made these movies because their parents abandoned them. Yeah. So destroyed. That dad was not very compassionate at all. No. He was just like, we'll dream whenever it's not going to bring her back, so fucking stop. Yeah. Knock it off, bitch. Get your head out of the clouds. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Bastion is becoming a poor student, isn't turning in his homework, hasn't even tried out for the swim team, won't ride horses at horse lessons. Does like drawing unicorns, though. And yeah, dad is a cock. He thinks he needs to stop daydreaming and um, faces problems. In my opinion, never stop dreaming. Always dream. Yeah. Like, there are some... 
It's going to be like, so like before we even get there, I like the movie. Um, it's going to be impossible for me to not though. Cause it hits on like a lot of things for me like that. Like I'm a dreamer and hopeful. You know what I mean? You're hopeful. Generally, I try to think things are going to turn out the best. Like if you show up and try, things will work out for you. So I was a huge for me or What? For, for other people, just not for you or for yourself also? For me too. It hasn't been as hopeful all the time lately because I'm fucking tired. But um, yeah, generally, I think I'm pretty optimistic. Bastion is accosted by three bullies who call him a weirdo, a chicken, and chuck him in the dumpster. See, this is where you would think the foul language would come in. And like, hey, you little cunt. But no, they're like, hey, weirdo, you chicken. <laughs> like, that's like. Maybe it was the winch later that was the foul language. That was so fucking funny. That is the funniest part of this movie. So after he gets out of the garbage, they notice um, and they chase him again. Yeah, <laughs> no one said you could get out of that garbage again. <laughs> get back in there. So he ducks into like a, a bookstore, I guess. I, I thought it was a library, but I think it's a bookstore. Mm. And this dude hates kids. He like tells him, I don't like kids. I don't like kids. Get out. Arcade's down the road. You and your dastardly video games. Uh, not this one as much, though. He doesn't hate Bastion as much because Bastion reads books. He's read like 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Robinson Caruso. Yeah, r- books that aren't comic books. He doesn't he don't want kids reading comic books. No. He, this old man is like boomer mentality through and through. Mm-hmm. So what you learn from this movie is that every adult sucks. They're all pricks. Mm-hmm. Even the ones in Fantasia are assholes. Because, like, Atreus shows up, like, look at his little dickhead. Yeah. We wanted the warrior, not the child. Yeah, so all adults suck, according to this movie. Because he bullies the kid a little bit. The book he is reading, though, you can't escape from. It's not safe. It's not for him. Which, like, of course this kid's like, yeah, I need the book now. Mm-hmm. That's what you that, That's what you tell somebody when you want them to read the book. And the book is, in fact, a never-ending story. Bastion steals it, but leaves a note that he will return it, which I don't know if he does or not. And do you think he wanted him to take it? Yeah. He left it there for him? Yeah. He could have easily just taken it to answer the phone. He was teasing him about it. Like, it was like breadcrumbing him. Yeah, he's basically like, you won't do it, pussy. Baiting him. Yeah, you won't do it, little bitch. You're too scared. He's late for school, just like his dad told him not to be. There's a math test, so he fucks off to the attic instead. And it is like the attic of a house. Yeah. This is a pretty small attic for what I would assume is a pretty big school. But there was a skull on the shelf. That was weird. Yeah, it's dusty, poorly lit. There's old shit everywhere. Skulls in the background. This is very much a horror movie atmosphere. And he dives right into the book. Who the fuck ditches school at school? (laughs) Like, who does that? Like, you know what? I don't feel like going to school today, so I'm going to go to school and not school. That's basically, yeah, what the fuck I'll is he doing? go to school, but hang out somewhere else in the school. <clears throat> I guess, where else is he going to go? Maybe home. His dad's I'm at sure work. sure he's a latchkey kid, so he could let himself in. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're transported to the land inside the book, and there's all kinds of fucked up creatures. Some human, some not. Although none human, apparently. There's even a giant motherfucker plowing through the woods in a stone steamroller. This is the Stonebiter, whose, I guess, name is just the Stonebiter. Rockbiter. Rockbiter, yeah. He's nice, though, just um, huge and made out of rocks. And he's eating the rocks, so he's also a cannibal, another horror movie trope, cannibalism. He has apparently fled his home in the north. Do you know why? Because nothing was coming. It took all the exquisite rocks. They're all gone. The lake is gone. Everything just turned into nothing. It didn't dry up. It just isn't there anymore. I think Korn has an album called The Nothing, named after that nothing. That's like really? definitely what it's named after. And the band Atreyu is obviously named after Atreyu, because where the fuck else would they get that name? This is also happening in the West and South, according to Teeny Weenie and Night Hob. Teeny Weenie is played by Deep Roy, which is arguably a better name. <laughs> um... I don't know how I'm going to keep all these bullshit names straight because everybody's name is bullshit. Yeah, I didn't write any of that shit down because I don't care. Yeah, and 
I, I have them in here, but like, holy fuck, are they bullshit? Thank God most of those pricks aren't in the movie. You only have to talk about them that time you talk about them. And then they all, really? they're all there at the end. They don't have like bigger roles in the movie after their introduction. Thank yeah. fuck. Turns out they're all on the same mission to the ivory tower to ask the Empress for help. But the nothing is hot on their tail. And like I said before, this place is called Fantasia. They got away with some shit in this movie. Fantasia, Teeny Weeny is obviously the Mad Hatter. Uh, Disney was apparently slightly less litigious in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, they would never stand for that now. Not now. No, you couldn't even make a YouTube video like this now. No. Gone. I don't want to go off on a tangent on copyright laws in this country, but holy fuck are they screwed. Yeah. You just own shit forever. Own a, you own a drawing. Own the for, idea of shit. Forever. Yeah. That you didn't even come up with. Uh-huh. Like all that shit, Walt, that man has been dead forever. And they're just going to own a drawing of Mickey Mouse in perpetuity. That's fucked up. I don't even think anything, anything like that should be able to be copywritten at all. I don't think you should ever own it. Like if you put it out to the public? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think... Now, this is not this is not my legal opinion. This is like my philosophical opinion. I think once you create art, it's like no longer yours. Because no one consumes art in the same way. So a song to you means something different than a song to me, means something different to the person who wrote the song. Mm-hmm. It all depends on how you are at the time, where you were at the time, it always elicits something different for someone else. So I think once art's created, it's just the world's. That's interesting. So everyone here looks as fucked up as humanly possible. The Empress is deathly ill. She is dying, and it's linked to the nothing. There's still a chance, though. Atreyu. Atreyu is essentially a Native American. They could have, like, maybe gotten one to play this role. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <white>. <laughs> it's a little white kid. Bastion is also into Atreyu for sure. He wants to be a hero because right now he's a lonely child being bullied by everyone in his life. Right. Atreyu shows up and is mocked for being a child. He's got swagger. Um, and they ask him to go on a quest. Find a cure. Save the world. Go alone. Leave his weapons behind. Chance of success? Unknown. Failure, the death of literally everyone. And they don't know what he should do, just knows that he should get going and they without don't, anything. They don't know what he should find. No. I don't know no how idea. they know he can't take weapons. They just know that he can do it alone. Yeah. Which he does not do. No. Also. A, he doesn't do it. Well, he does. He brings, in the end, he brings the child to the Empress, which was the whole Though point. the child was already there in the beginning. Right. They could have just told the child, like, hey, I didn't read the Empress. But I think he had to go along on the journey with Atreyu. But he doesn't even do that alone. He has Falcor. He has those fucking elves or whatever the hell they are. I don't even know what the fuck those are. That old couple that fights all the time. I don't know what the fuck those are. I don't, know what, are. I don't I mean, know what any of this They do have shit. pointy ears. Yeah. But that, I don't know. She she has lots of raggedy teeth and he has one tooth. It really bothered me. Yeah, it is. The one. Yeah, just get rid of it. One tooth in the front. He what are you going to do with that? He all his chewing with it. You can't chew up front. I mean, if you only have one tooth, you have to adapt. And if you only have the one up front, that means you can't even gum shit in the back because the one tooth up front is going to stop you from being able to put your yeah, gums together. You almost have to put your tooth out of your mouth like to do it. it. So Atreyu drops his weapons. This is definitely why I liked this movie when I was a kid. I was a lonely child, not necessarily bullied, but just kind of lonely daydreamer. That was That was kind of me. It's kind of like still me in some ways. Alone in my fucking daydreams. So I kind of relate to Bastion and Dig Atreyu. I felt like I was Bastion as a kid, but I wanted to be Atreyu. Which is what you're supposed to feel, I think, as a child watching this movie. So I think that's why we're going to have different experiences with this movie and why I still like it and you're going to say it sucks. Okay. Because I saw it as a child when you're supposed to. And I still remember it. But there's definitely something psychological in my brain that makes me love the children saving the day stuff. Atreyu and Artax have been traveling for a week with no cure. They're also being tracked by the creature of darkness. Atreyu eating lunch, Bastion eating lunch. Not too much, though. They still have a long way to go. So he is really into this fucking book. He is Atreyu in his mind already. Mm-hmm. Which, that's what he told the old man. He becomes the character when he reads it. Which has got to be awesome. 
Creature of Darkness still stalking, only one chance because they've exhausted all leads to this point. They've got to find Morla. So off to the Swamp of Sadness they go. And it's like all quicksand. This is the bad part. Whoever Maybe lets this us. This was where everyone in our age group was scared of quicksand, that it was. We thought it would be a bigger part of our lives. This definitely played in, though. So whoever lets the sadness overtake him will sink into the swamp. That, my friends, is like the whole movie in one line. Like Bastion's dealing with the death of his mother. He's internalizing all of it. And it's ruining his other relationships and aspirations. Because he's sinking into the swamp of sadness. Mm -hmm. Artax lets the sadness overtake him. I made it through, though. No tears. But I also have special knowledge because I've seen the movie. Yeah, the first time I watched this and the horse went under, I was just like, well, that was stupid. What if you were a child when you watched it? I don't know. I bet you would have cried. This trick only works one time, though. If you've seen the movie, it's less effective. Right. Like, I'm sure the first time I saw Bambi, I cried, but not continuously afterwards. And then the first time I saw The Fox and the Hound... I cried. Yeah. The Sixth Sense is a different movie after you've seen the movie. Right. It's still pretty good. Yeah. But it's not the same. No. Artax may be gone, but Atreyu will soldier on. Sure, it's hard, but loss can't define you forever. Again, it's the point of the movie. Atreyu does make it to Morla, the Ancient One. And he climbs the mound. But it gets super huge because it's actually a fucking turtle. Yes, a giant turtle. Why wouldn't it be a turtle? Turtles live a long time, and everything in this Fantasia is fucking crazy. Even, like, the mud is relatable to me, like, the mud all over him, because it's black and thick, and it's, like, it's, like, cold dirt mud, which I would go home covered in that shit. So I would look like a tray. I'd probably, there was probably some point in my childhood where I went out and got in a cold dirt mud to look like a Treyu. And I probably got yelled at by my grandmother. Yeah, because that shit's really hard to get Impossible. off. Impossible. It's pure carbon. Pure carbon mud. Morla refers to itself as we. They haven't had company in a while, so they talk to themselves. So Morla is insane from loneliness. Yes. Once again. Um, swamp of sadness. Internalizing yourself. Going insane. Uh, Morla doesn't care. Morla doesn't even care whether or not they care. Mm -hmm. That's like a whole different level of not caring. Not even caring if you care. That's impressive. That's like a fucking rushing nesting doll of caring. (laughs) Of not caring. Of not caring. They keep sneezing all over Atreyu because they're allergic to youth. Because like like I said, every every adult is a prick in this movie. Even ones that help him are pricks, like that old couple. They're all dickheads. Dickheads to each other. They're nice to him, but they want something from him. The girlfriend was watching this with us and compared me to this fucking turtle because I'm very obviously sick. Yeah. And spent the entire day before sneezing all over her. Yeah. I'm not sneezing anymore, but I am a bit hoarse. Sorry. No, and you, I was surprised because we went to see Penn and Teller last night. And like, we're walking in there and you are just like hacking like a 30 year smoker. Just fucking hacking it up. I'm like, oh God, she's going to be coughing the whole thing. Somebody's going to say something. I'm always worried somebody's going to say something. I'm going to have to, like, get in a fight at an event. Over me? Yeah. Or anybody who I'm with. Like, I don't know. I'm just weird. But... I've never, ever had you get in a fight because of me before. No, but I'm always prepared. What the fuck? You didn't cough once during Penn and Teller. No. You, and you did I a lot of laughing, so you would think you would have. It's a very good show. I coughed on the way home. I coughed overnight, but... Yeah, not at Penn and Teller. No, I kept no, my shit together. kept it together. For those goddamn legends. I had water and I had mints to wet my whistle. Great show, by the way. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, when it's my recommendation. Yeah. (laughs) They don't know, but the Southern Oracle does, and that's 10,000 miles away. This kid needs a fucking airplane. Well, he gets one. (laughs) Yes, he does. School is over, and Bastion has read a ton of this book already. He's a fast fucking reader. This is a huge book. Yeah, it is. Uh, He's just going to stay at school. (laughs) He's going to stay in that creepy attic full of skeletons and shit. There's also a thunderstorm. Um, They're trying to hit every horror trope in this movie. 
trying to. And Atreyu is struggling through the swamp of sadness. He's lost his fucking best friend. He has... He's supposed to fucking go alone anyways. Well, he's allowed, I think he's allowed to take his horse. He wasn't allowed to take his spears? No, but I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, how's he going to get all over the country? Not he had to go alone, and he went with his best friend. That's not alone. I guess you're right on that. Creature of Darkness nearly gets him, but Falcor saves his ass. So again, he's not going to be alone. He's never alone. No. Atreyu wakes up in a strange place. He's clean, his wounds are dressed, he's chilling with what looks like a long, scaly version of our dog, Charles Borkley. Yes. Atre- um, with scales and an extra long tail. Yeah, Falcor looks a lot like our dog. Yeah. Well, the top half, anyway. Yeah. He also talks, which Charlie does not do. No. Like Charlie, though. Loves head scratches. Needs him. Yeah. That Fal- spot behind the ear. Huh? That spot behind the ear. Yep, they Can't just love it. it. They just love it. Falcor is a luck dragon. This is the airplane he needed and a friend again. Because where there's hope, there's luck. Yep. Never give up and luck will find you. I believe that. I do tend to believe that. I don't really believe in luck. But if you're a positive person, positive things normally do happen. Correct. And if you're a positive person, then when negative things happen, they're not quite as negative because you're positive. Correct. And I feel like just putting yourself in a position to get opportunities... And realizing you have an opportunity is what luck generally is. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't be able to get the luck if you weren't doing the things to put yourself right. in the position to benefit from the so luck. If you are negative and already in the mindset that nothing's good is going to happen, then you wouldn't even put yourself in the position that something good could happen. Right, and even if something good came about, you wouldn't even be looking at it as an opportunity. No. There's some old biddies arguing over who can help the boy more. This is Urgel and Engiwok. Engiwok. You fucking kidding me with these names. <laughs> Not the Southern Oracle, but helpful weirdos. And But they know where the Oracle is. Right. They know all about the Oracle. Yeah, because fucking Engiwok has been Engiwok is oh my, these fucking names. Engiwok has been studying it. Writing a book on the Southern what Oracle. What is he like three miles away now or something? Yeah, he's right there. He has a telescope that he doesn't even need. No, he could still see it even when he wasn't using the telescope. That made no goddamn sense. So these two can't stand each other. And the funniest part of this movie is when he says, To the winch, wench! That's that's funny. That is funny. I did laugh at it. There's two gates to get through. The eyes of the Sphinx stay closed until someone that doesn't truly feel worthy tries to pass. Um, This is the first gate. There's a knight marching toward it, towards it. You see some tits, and they laser this bastard into oblivion. Did these two remind you of you and I? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> how much we fight and argue. Yeah. But how much they clearly- <laughs> And fight over stupid shit like that? But also like, they that's clearly- that's fine, it's my turn. Yeah, they clearly care about each other. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, a together. lot. Quite a lot. Atreyu rushes to the first gate without even learning about the second gate. And this 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 has to be the nudity because I didn't see any other nudity in this movie. No, it's those Sphinx's boobies. And they show them all the time. Every time they show the Sphinx, they also show the tits. They never like zoom in on the eyes without going past the tits. This movie should be on Cinemax because <laughs> it's like softcore porn for children. So, some thirteen-year-old boy used to use this as time. masturbation material. Yeah, those fucking statues in goddamn Neverending Story. They do shoot at him slightly too late because he gets nervous when he sees how charred up that fucking knight is. Like, who wouldn't, though? Yeah. Now Atreyu has to battle the second gate, which is confronting his true self. And Atreyu's true self is Bastion somehow. Yeah. This freaks Bastion the fuck out, and he throws the book like you when you're losing at the dot game. Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. Wow, that's your that's your sick burn. It tells you I had one. I don't like losing. Did you bring did you bring the ointment? The anti burn cream? You need some water for that burn. It's not like you like losing either. I mean, how many times did I kick your ass at video games last week? A lot. While I was sick. A video game. One single video game. What is that fucking game called? Might and Might Magic. Might and Magic. Is it like three? Hang on, it's no, it's Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. Yeah. 
and love that game. Really good at that game. Pretty you, much undefeated at that game. If there was a if there was like an actual tournament, you might fucking do really well in it because you <laughs> kick the shit out of everyone. I have never beat you. No. How many times have we played? Fifty. A lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot. And I've never beat you. And who's beaten you? Logan once. Logan has beaten me a couple of times, and no one else. It's yeah. You no played one. it. Easily a hundred times. And yeah. you just kick the oh, shit God, out of yeah. our house in it. Yeah. You just beat the shit out of everyone even in Even if house. I don't play for a while. And even if you guys pick the character that I play as, like, it don't matter. Yeah. We get killed. It's fucking weird. Because she's not like a video gamer. Yeah. And Except this one. You throw the controller and say, fuck this game. So, yeah. It's yeah usually... I threw a piece of paper, but. Um, you threw. A book of papers. A book of paper. <laughs> And, and you hadn't even lost yet. It wasn't over. It was. We had one move left, and that one move was going to lead to all of the boxes. I That game is, like, perilous. Yeah, and you never know until you get to the end, and you're like, well, fuck. Yeah, the game we're talking about is that game with all the dots where you draw the lines, and you yeah, have to you make a box, draw and you, one put, line. you yeah. put your fucking, the first letter of your first name in it. Right. If That's you make a box, then you get to keep going. Yeah. Carolyn didn't like it. It wasn't me either. It was the first time the girlfriend saw how upset I get when I lose. It's very upset. Only at some things. Things that I feel like I really should have won at. Yeah. Which are the only things you play. Stop. Like if I beat you in the pumpkin contest, you were going to smash a pumpkin like your Billy fucking Corgan. I probably would. <laughs> I, prob- I would smash your pumpkin. <laughs> Why well, I ain't going to win now, is it? <laughs> Kick a hole in my pumpkin. Yeah. Smash my pumpkin onto your pumpkin. That's pretty fucking rude. <laughs> because I should win. Okay. Well, at least in that competition, I think you probably will. Good. If our track records speak for anything. Bastion apparently lives in this attic. No light, so we somehow lit some candles. He had candles and matches. Um, shouldn't be late for school tomorrow. No. Since he's just staying there. Yeah, he's staying there. Atreyu is awfully sweaty for someone walking through Antarctica. And he's at the Southern Oracle. We get more Sphinx boobs. This is basically a porno. The Empress needs a new name. No one from Fantasia can do it, though. Only a human child. Which, apparently, Atreyu is not human, despite clearly being human. Yeah. Like, he is as human as they come. There's nothing even weird about him. If they would have given him, like... They called him a plains person? Yeah, because they didn't want to call him an Indian. Which is, he was literally hunting buffalo. Yeah, and they are still human. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they were like, we need an American. Yeah. We need an American child from Earth. Yeah. Like, no, Prefer- we need a human. Preferably from the Northeast. Yeah, this guy was definitely human. Southern Oracle starts falling apart because they don't know how long they can hold back the nothing. So they've got to get someone from outside of Fantasia. Uh, we get many minutes of Atreyu riding Falcor, and it looks like a tourism video from Alaska. That's it what it looks beautiful. like. It is beautiful. <laughs> I, I'm assuming it's somewhere in fucking Germany. It might be Canada, though. They filmed. Oh my god, Canada or Alaska? Of course. Listen, they filmed part of the movie in Canada, but I think they only filmed the city scenes in Canada. So I'm assuming it's a either B-roll. You think any which place is probably is beautiful what it is. is either Canada or Alaska? Well, I know they filmed some of this in Canada, but they also filmed a bunch of it in Germany, so maybe it was there. But you said well, it looked like Alaska. It does look like Alaska, <laughs> goddammit. God damn you. I'm going to throw this microphone. You need some ointment for your burns now? Bastion wants to name her after his mother. Which we still don't know his goddamn mother's name. No, because he screams it out the window and you can't understand what the fuck he says. No. It has like 45 syllables. Yeah. He's like, Mary... Beth Michelle Obama. <laughs> That's her first name. Mary Beth Michelle Obama. <laughs> They're into nothing now. Falcor flings Atreyu off and and then a window opens, letting in the storm. Atreyu lands in the ocean and washes up on shore, but he lost that fucking necklace. Somehow didn't die. No. Atreyu looking for Falcor. Falcor looking for Atreyu. Atreyu meets Rockbiter. He's sad. Everyone is sad. His hands aren't strong enough. You thought they were big, strong hands. They were big, strong hands. They just weren't strong enough. That's so sad. That is really sad. It's arguably sadder than when the horse dies. 
It does seem like the jig is up. Rockbiter will let the nothing take him. That's sad. He's fallen into yeah. the swamp of sadness. So now there's suicide in there. Yeah. He sees a whole room of paintings of his journey and is now face to face with the creature. The creature is Gamork. Atreya will be his last victim. Gamork tells him Fantasia has no boundaries. Fantasia is the world of human fantasy. Fantasia is dying because of people losing hope and forgetting their dreams. People of no hopes are easy to control. This is barely a kid's that, movie. That was deep. Yeah, this is barely a kid's movie. Yeah. Like, it's a kid's movie because there's unicorns and fucking rock monsters and a child saving the day. But the, the underlying themes of the movie are not kids' themes. Yeah. At all. Life beats you down and you have no hope left. Yeah, this is... You can, you're easily controlled. This is very much an adult movie. Like... Yeah, it's brutal. Like, the subtext of the movie is adult. Like, mm-hmm. adults were probably watching this movie like, oh, maybe I shouldn't fucking leave my kids alone every single day. A lot of kids' movies are like that, though, especially Disney. Yeah, but this isn't Disney. I know it's not Disney, but I'm saying this, but especially them. Like, there's always, like, the underlying, this is this is for you, Mom. Right. Gamork is a moron and doesn't even know that this is Atreyu. Like, he was tracking Atreyu all that time. He's right? like... He's like, I was trying, I'm gonna, I was gonna kill Atreyu, but I missed him. And he's like, I am Atreyu, you dummy. <laughs> what, you fucking stupid? How did, how did he know to kill if he didn't even know what he fucking looked like? And he shows up right in front of his face, and he's like, man, Like, I inches don't kill from him. his face, too. Long story short, Atreyu kills Gamorka, and they don't show any of it. Plus, he was hiding in a cave with pictures of Atreyu all over the place. <laughs> yeah. How did he get in there? Did he not see the pictures of... And why was he in there? I mean, one of them was when he almost got him... In the swamp. The swamp. And he's like, he just, he don't look. He's just, I'm going to hide over here. Yeah. Wait for what? It's a, what? That was weird. Yeah. I don't like it. Because if he's hiding, he's ostensibly hiding for an ambush on a Treyu. Unless he was just ready to give up. Well, I think he thought he won. Oh. Like he thought he got eight out of quicksand? Yeah. And I think he thought that the nothing was already there. Nothing could stop it anyway. Nothing yeah. could stop nothing. Yeah. Falcor finds the Urin. Falcor once again saves Atreyu. And they they didn't even show the battle between Gamork and Atreyu. He lunged at him and he stabbed him right in the heart and he got a little scratch on his chest. That was it. Yeah. It was very, like, instant. He was like, yeah. ah, oh, dude. Yeah, like, wow, what a bitch. Gamork, you're the fucking final boss? Well, I guess the nothing's the final boss. You're the almost final boss? Yeah. What a pussy. And apparently that was the end of Fantasia because there's only fragments in space. And thankfully, Falcor and Atreyu can breathe in space. Yeah. They're not and human. He's a dragon, so I believe it for him. I don't know what the fuck's up with Atreyu. What was their plan for food? I guess they were just going to fly around space. Food and water? Do they need to eat? I don't know. He was eating at one point. Yeah, and so were the so was fucking the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Hmm. They're trying to find the Ivory Tower, and the, the Arin leads them to the Ivory Tower. We finally get to meet the Empress, and she's a child, of course. She's confused of why Atreyu is sad. Um, his horse died, he nearly drowned, and for what, is what he says. Yeah. Um, why would I not be sad? What, what are you talking about? Um, the world is in pieces floating in space. My horse is dead. I have no friends. And she's sitting there grinning like, no, you did it. My entire family's gone because everyone's dead but you and I. Mm-hmm. So yeah, things aren't going great, lady. Bastion is so fucking confused, and so is Atreyu. Bastion doesn't even realize he's a part of the never-ending story somehow. Just as he is sharing Atreyu's story, others, us, are sharing Bastion's. That's pretty fucking cool. Because they admit it's a movie in the movie. Yep. But not in a way that it's like cheesy and a wink and a nod like, hey, yeah, they didn't you're in the joke. The, what is it called? What? Breaking, breaking, breaking the, the fourth wall. Fourth wall. Yeah, they didn't do that. No, but, not. But they still. I guess technically they do, <clears throat> but not in the way you think breaking the fourth wall. Right. It's pretty cleverly done that they make you... They make you think that you too are in the never ending story. You know right. what I mean? It's it's pretty fucking cool. It's a good move. It's like a mirror in the mirror. Yeah. And we're looking at Bastion again. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. This movie's pretty fucking good for a kid's movie. The attic is being broken apart by the storm, just like the ivory tower. He can't do it. He has to keep his feet on the ground, is what he said. Fuck that. Put your head in the clouds at all times. Like the only people like, sure, you have to be firmly grounded and 
move towards whatever your goal is, but your goal should be the thing that's in the clouds. So you think it should be both. Should know you should still dream, but know that you're dreaming. Well, yeah, but yeah, nobody fucking that does anything great isn't dreaming about doing it. Yeah. It doesn't just fall in their lap. No. You become an accountant like that. Like, not dreaming at all. And that's fine to be an accountant, but, like, the people that do great things or make great art or anything like that are the dreamers, right? That's who does it. Because you have to have some unsolvable, unknown, undone thing to do something great, or else it's just doing something someone's already done. I guess it doesn't always have to be dreams, either. It's just hope. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of... Because it says dreams but also hopes and wishes yeah so keep your head in the clouds a little bit it's fine it's nice up there he screams the name out the window we don't know what he says and now he's face to face with the empress fantasia has totally disappeared one grain of sand is all that remains but it can arise anew from bastion's dreams and wishes he needs the wish or no fantasia anymore and he has unlimited wishes. This isn't a fucking genie yeah. in a bottle scenario. Yeah. Just keep doing it. I don't understand why I didn't wish for his mother. That is what I was going to say. Really? Yeah. Like this whole fucking time, why didn't he wish for his mom? I think it's because he realizes there's a way forward to get over it. He'll never truly be over it, but mm-hmm. he can still move forward. Yeah, you can't even use the excuse of they can't mix the world either because... They do. They do. Yeah. What sucks... Is like everyone comes back to life except his mom. Right. <laughs> All these fuckers are dead. Well, he like I think he wished that that it had that the nothing had never happened. Yeah. So anything that nothing touched. Right. He could also wish like, hey, whatever killed my mom didn't happen. Yeah. Probably would have stayed in Fantasia mm-hmm. if I was him, honestly. But then I don't. But know then if your it... feet aren't on the ground. You said you need to have both. Right, but boy, if you can just live in Fantasia, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> If all you got to do is wish and shit happens, that doesn't, that seems like a good reason to not keep your feet on the ground. <laughs> What's the fucking point? Well, that sounds like a mental illness now. We're talking about schizophrenia or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you may be right. <laughs> his first wish is to ride Falcor, not bring his mom back. It is to ride Falcor. Yes. Which, I mean, that would be in my, like, top wishes. That'd be way the fuck up there to ride my dog through the air. Yeah. We get another Alaskan tourism video. I'd just... rather ride a more um, controlled dog than ours. Right, but if you fall, you just be like, I wish else. this wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even control him when he's not flying. Correct. So you get to see the people from the story. Time for wish number two. His second wish is vengeance. Yes, bully his bully. And Falcor loves it more. Yeah. So How come, though, it was dark and rainy when he left? And then now it is bright, sunny, right after school. No clouds, no nothing when they get back. Because what I'm assuming is the whole time he was in Fantasia, he was asleep. It was a dream. Sleeping in the attic or something. Okay. Either that or he was just in Fantasia for a couple hours. But yeah, the wish is to attack the bullies with fucking Falcor. So Falcor's flying through the streets of New York City or whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, that's that's not weird. <laughs> no, no, not weird at all. Nobody's going to remember no that. No one would have noticed. <laughs> Only those three little boys. Yeah. They all hide in a fucking dumpster and Falcor laughs maniacally. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's like 1930s horror villain laugh. Well, you did say this is a horror movie. I did not. The end. So I'm pumped. I liked it a lot. I was so fucking worried. I was going to be like, oh, this is trash. But it's a good kids movie, and like message wise, it's right on point. Yeah. So you didn't like it. I didn't not like it. It was fun. It's based on the book, and the first movie only covers the first half of the book. Hmm. The second film hits the second half, and the third film is all just made up. So there's probably no point in watching the third film at all. I mean, someone has to make it up. Right, but I mean. They already had the source material. It's like Game of Thrones. Once they once they outran George R. R. Martin's fucking Game of Thrones books, the the show sucked. It got shitty once they ran out of his writing. Yeah. And I would assume I do remember the second one too, a bit. But I'll probably have to go rewatch that. I've never seen it. 
I don't think I've seen the third one, and I will never probably. There's no point in it. Unless I watch the second one, and I'm like, well, I've watched the first two. So the author of the book hated the movie. Really? Oh, yeah. It strayed very far from the book, apparently, and he called it a, a gigantic melodrama of kitsch, commerce, plush, and plastic in an interview with Der Spiegel. Dang. Hated it. He sued them to change the name. Really? Mm-hmm. He sold the rights for 20 grand. So he lost the movie rights for 20,000 fucking dollars. Wow. Which is not $500 like Stephen King lost Shawshank Redemption for. But (laughs) it's not enough. It was successful. And it was sort of a cultural phenomenon considering you can't talk to anyone from our generation that hasn't at least heard of this movie. Right. Like you didn't watch it when you were a kid. But I knew about it. But you knew about it. I even knew like what the characters looked like and shit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the movie, but... I knew a lot. Like, if somebody told you Falcor, you might know. Yeah. Even if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah. It made $100 million on a budget of $25 million. And it made, like, $25 million in Germany alone, which is where the movie was made, mm-hmm. and about the same in America. So it was hugely successful in Germany. That's massive for there. Not the best for here, but all right. Part of its resurgence can be directly attributed to Stranger Things. Str- streams, paid streams of the... Theme song went from 300,000 to 1.5 million a month after that episode. Yeah, I bet. So five times. <clears throat> yeah. Rotten Tomatoes also digs it. It has an 83% critic score and an 81% audience score, which is right where I put it. I put it at four stars on Letterboxd. So I feel like we're all on the same page there. Is it horror? No. No. It's fantasy. Yeah. It has some scary shit in it, though. It's fantasy with some horror tropes sprinkled throughout it. So you picked it remembering it as a child. So maybe there was some scariness to it when you were a kid. I think it was more scary when I was a child, like mm-hmm. especially him being in the attic alone. That's like scary shit for a kid. And, um, I mean, there was some scary looking people, monster character things there. I think you could make the case it's a children's horror movie. Because even like Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is not a horror movie, but... To a kid, it can be. Right. Because I remember watching Ghostbusters and being scared. Right. Whereas when I was a teenager, I remember watching Ghostbusters and thinking it's funny. And then as an adult, this is why I think it's like one of the greatest movies ever made. Because when I watched it as a kid, I thought it was scary. When I watched it as a teenager, I thought it was funny. And when I watched it as an adult, I'm like, wow, this is a great commentary on society. So it's a different movie depending on where where you're at in your life as you watch it. Mm -hmm. Even though it's still funny as an adult. So where do you rank it? I'm going to put this one between Terminator and No Country for Old Men. Nice. So second. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I'd recommend watching it, though. Especially if you haven't seen it since you're a kid, because I think it'll hit you a little bit differently. But when I watch movies like this and they're still good, or they're a different movie from when I watched them as a kid, I tend to really like them. Like, this takes me back to... Because um, there's a nostalgia factor then, too. Right. But not for everything that's old. Like, some things... Like, if I play Skate or Die now, I'm like, oh, this game just sucks. But I know I loved it playing in my grandmother's house. But now I'm just like, this sucks. Watching that, it takes me right back to watching that on my grandmother's floor. Like, I could see the house, see her sitting behind me, things like that. And just when movies are still like relevant and they hit you in a different way when you're an adult, I think it like enhances the nostalgia of it. And I can see like myself as that little kid again watching the movie. Mm -hmm. So I liked it. Uh, Probably biases how much I liked it, though. Like how I didn't expect it to be as nostalgic as it was. So that probably biases how much I liked it a little bit. Yeah. But like I said earlier about art meaning different things to different people as soon as it's released to the wider public, I think you got to kind of take that into account when you write a movie or Yeah, say, I mean, you obviously like way different movies than me. Right. And I can also say when a movie is good, but it just wasn't good to me. Right. But I think this is, I th- like, I, I think trying to take away the nostalgia, it's good. The movie is good. Like, this came out the same year as Terminator. The effects in this are better. It is. Yeah. Like, they're fine. Yeah, they were decent. There's nothing that you're like, oh, get the fuck out of here. Right. 
Like, it's obviously... You can kind of tell it's a European movie. It does not necessarily feel like the shit Hollywood puts out, because it isn't. Mm -hmm. But the effects for the time are good. They were, yeah. You could tell that it was in the 80s, because they didn't have what they have now. CGI and shit. But, like... It all felt it smooth. There wasn't yeah. like one. There wasn't like one was way good and this one that really sucked. Like it was all. They were all like the same throughout it. When you can't say that about Terminator. No, no. Where the, some of the effects were awesome and some of them were horrendous. Yeah. The effects. I think the best you can say when you're watching an old movie like that is that the effects don't take you out of the movie. Right. And they never did here, which was surprising to me. I think that's part of the reason I expected it to be shitty, because I expected. Like, when I was a kid watching it, that did not matter to me. Yeah. The effects, like, what they looked like. I'm like, this is just cool. I kind of expected the effects to be real bad in this movie, and they were not at all. They no, were perfectly not. fine. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't make this movie today like that. No. Because why would you? But it also isn't something that you can discount because, like, oh, this is unwatchable. And it's all practical stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more practical stuff in movies. Because I don't think... I think the um, the CG stuff doesn't hold up as well. As well as you think it's going to. Like, I, I am interested to see what happens when our kids are our age. And they're, we're looking back at movies that came out now. Yes. Like, we thought that was good. You can see it now in like some of those first superhero movies. Like, 2000... 2001 2003 like the the iron man movies Mm -hmm. it's it doesn't it doesn't do it it's you can tell because the shit always gets better it's the same with video games yeah um playing tony hawk pro skater in the late 90s on my playstation like how are they gonna fucking do better than this and then i've played the remastered tony hawk of the same fucking game in the past five years that came out and Boy, did it get better. Yeah. A lot better. And it's going to get better than that. That's what I mean. I can't wait to see. So I don't think it ever holds up. But do you have anything else to add? No. Then say goodbye, Carolyn. Goodbye, Carolyn.